0: So Dave, we're deep into the semester. How's it going? Great. You've been busy on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock? Yep. Co-hosting Music Biz 101 and more with you. Who have our guests been?
1: Indie artist and alum Lauren Marsh, PR guru George Dassinger, Rosie Lopez, president of Tommy Boy Entertainment, and Adam Kornfeld, Rod Stewart's booking agent. I missed them. Is there any way I can still hear their words of wisdom? Sure. Every show becomes a podcast that you can hear on our website, musicbiz101wp.com, or on the Stitcher mobile app. And it's all free.
0: Who's coming up next? Next.
1: Grammy-winning producer Harry Wanger, Warner VP Dan Goldberg, Sean Rosenberg, the engagement director at Huge. Oh, that's big. <laughs> I get it. The guests keep getting better and better. Our listeners, too. That's Music Biz 101 and more every, every Wednesday, Wednesday at 8 PM, p.m. only on 88.7 WPSC. WPSC Brave New Radio. Radio.
2: thought about before gone. Ours.
1: Over. I am your professor, David Kirk along with my very good chum. The Dr. Professor Esteban Marcone.
3: Dr. Stephen
1: Marcone.
0: Hola, hola, hola. How are you tonight, Stephen Marcone? Good, we're coming to the end. How many more weeks are left in this semester?
1: In the school semester, they have, including what's left of this, two and a half weeks, and there's exam week. Yes. We still have seven shows, seven live shows. Which we
0: go all the way to. The
1: end of May, the last Wednesday in May is our last live show. Then. The cool part is we've taken all these music management seminars and our amazing producer, let's say hey to our amazing producer, Philip Grush.
3: Thank you,
1: thank you. Philip has edited these 12-hour music management seminars down to one-hour episodes that are going to run great in uh, June and July.
0: Yes, right. we had a wonderful time last night, too.
1: We had Tracy Jordan from Sirius XM Radio.
0: That's right, with a long history of... Uh, various careers in the industry. I mean working for MTV, working for Motown, working for Apico Industries, the publishing company. Um just very interesting that she was uh constantly working and doing such a variety of of um, you know of chores actually in the in the business. And she's done extremely
1: well and this was celebrating basically the year of the woman in in Correct. Our, you know, we had 5 Uh, Great, most powerful women in the music and entertainment industry here, and she was a great way to wrap it up.
0: That's right. And next year, the year of the aunt. (laughs) um, That's A-U-N-T. So we got our work cut out first. Right.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm crying uncle right now. And who's our guest tonight? (laughs) Before we get to our guest, we need to first introduce our student co-host who is with her. Her name is Marla Cazente. Kazente. Kazente. Thank
3: you.
0: Dave is not Italian.
1: No, I am okay. I am a butcher, and I just oh. butchered your name, so I apologize. That wasn't that,
2: that bad of heard
1: worse. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Before we get to our great guest and do the introduction, let us continue with our introduction that you are listening again to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 on your FM dial, streaming live at gobrave.org. You can find us, musicbiz101wp.com. We urge you to sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MusicBiz101WP. We're on Snapchat at Professor Philp. And of course, you may be listening to this in the future on the podcast through your Stitcher radio app. And finally, if you are looking for free advice about the music and entertainment biz that can help you succeed, then MusicBiz101 and more is the only college based radio show and podcast that can help. Philip, that is the new tag that I've come up with. What do you think of that? Wow. You like that? I kind of switched it up because I felt I felt like the need for change, man.
4: I dig it. Thanks, man. Cool. All right. Groovy.
1: Why don't we introduce our guest? Our guest, Michael Kurtz, is on the line. Michael is the co-founder of Record Store Day, which has taken place every year since 2007. And Record Store Day 2015 is taking place this Saturday, April 18th. Michael, hello!
3: How are you?
0: We're very happy We're to have good, you. We're good, and thanks for coming on
1: glad to be here where are you calling from michael harlem in new york city oh there we go harlem very nice okay we have a student who's going to take a sign up for our, our mba in music management next semester and he is one of the musical directors at the apollo theater
0: that's right <laughs> he's the uh amateur night musical director yes every
3: wednesday night yes Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: He's he's there right now not listening to this radio show <laughs> Well, um, Dr. Stephen Marconi, why don't you begin grilling and giving Michael Kurtz the third degree?
0: Well, we love Record Store Day, and I think I recall when actually it was um, it started, and was it in conjunction with NARM in those days, or was it separate? I'm trying to remember.
3: No, it, it's completely separate. Um, it was formed in 2007 at the Nader
2: uh, uh, Record
3: Store. Existence. The tower just got closed down and, and everybody was, you know, in the media was talking about how record stores were a thing in the past. Mm-hmm. That's when it started. And, you know, we got together and said, like, uh, being a bunch of other record store people were having a great time in our stores. And we are just like, I, we don't get it. Why, well, it's negativity. So we decided the only way to counter it was to throw a party. And that's kind of how it got started.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, is it a membership? Uh, how many like how many stores are involved? Um, well we first started it
3: was about a hundred stores. We launched it in San Francisco with Metallica at a store called Rasputin in the uh, Mountain View. And then uh, you know, in the beginning it was pretty pretty touch and go because a lot of stores were skeptical about it and, and none of the indie labels would really get involved. It was, you know, mainly Warner Brothers who saw the vision and we were like, you know, we want to put out vinyl records and everybody was like that time, was like, are you crazy? Nobody buys vinyl. And we're like, no, we want to do seven inches, too. You know, we're going to print up a bunch of seven inches. And everybody thought we were nuts um, because the vinyl business was in the toilet at that point, too. And uh, what ended up happening just by accident is that uh, as we built it every year, more and more stores came on to the point that this year, you know, it's international, celebrating every continent except for Antarctica. (laughs) 2,000 stores were involved. Um, it's bigger in Paris and London probably than it is in in New York or LA, which is huge. You know, it's it's a big deal. It's 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 uh. And as far as the membership goes, you know, it's an open source event. It's you know, I'm a bit of a hippie. I am I'm, I'm in my late fifties and uh, I really have clung on to all of the, the sort of artistic view that uh, of all the artists that I grew up with. You know, sort of uh, their free free expression. Let people. Let things breathe a little bit. Don't get it too tight. You know, don't don't get the lawyers involved and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of let it be. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the only thing that that sort of started to hamstring us a little bit is there's there are opportunistic people who would put things on eBay and stuff. So the stores created a pledge uh, that they ask all stores that are fully participating to sign, saying that they won't flip things on eBay or. Or uh, sell them early, or anything like that. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. conflict about that. But that's mainly um, scammers using the eBay. You know, eBay, eBay is like just the Wild West. You
2: can be mm-hmm.
3: wrong, or whether you even own it or not. You know, and if somebody's stupid enough to give you their money, you take it. Right. And, and there are people that do that, and that's unfortunate. But and it. Gives, but anyway, um, so that's the only sort of like uh, uh, you know kind of an official thing that we do is. is on behalf of the stores, ask the others, you know, everybody to sign a pledge saying that they'll be, be honorable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they're not, then we just sort of ask them, well, to leave. Right. And out of the about 1,400 stores that have participated in Episode day, you know, we probably had to ask 15 or 20 to leave. hmm so, Yeah, that's all. kind of how it is.
0: Right. So who was the first artist that uh, gave um, special release or, you know, uh, a piece just for Store Day?
3: Uh, the first ones were Metallica, R.E.M., uh, Stephen Malkus. I think Jeff, Jeff Capucci might have been on there first year. Uh, it's been a long time, so it's hard for me to remember everybody.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
3: But I think that's. You know, it was almost all Warner Brothers stuff, because they were the only ones that would listen to us, you know? In the right. Beginning, yeah, right. So it was all bands that were in the Warner Music Group.
0: Right. So Warner actually gave permission to the artist to put this together, to do something yeah, they, that they, would they, be special.
3: Well, they, no, it, 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 it was more like you know, they went to the artist and said, the record stores want to do this. Will you create a special piece that's
0: mm-hmm.
3: made, limited edition thing? And it became the uh, sort of the, 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 the structure for which we pushed since then, which is, you know, make it limited, make it a special thing, uh, don't. You know, uh, no, no craft commercialism, no mass commercialism. It's all pretty limited. Supposed to me like a little piece of art.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, have any artists seen, for instance, a spike in their sales after Record Store Day? Uh, not, not necessarily just what they sold on Record Store Day, but so sort of Record Store being the Record Store Day being the catalyst for something bigger than they might not have expected.
3: Uh, I, I really don't have a way to measure that, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's really not the point of the day. The, the day is really is for the artist to flip it, everything on its head and say, "Well, this is not about me." And even though I'm giving you this gift, you know, whether it's Foo Fighters or you know uh, Paul McCartney or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they don't really expect that. I mean, it, it. You know, the record store culture is is different in the sense that. Uh, it's not all about first-day sales and all that. You know, we're, we're more about, like, you know, having a good record store, having a good inventory, and having everything there. And, you mm-hmm. know, as an artist gets more and more involved, let's say one of the things that happens is more of that artist uh, product records and stuff for stock. For example, we worked with Don Was on this Blue Note dealer idea, which was stolen. I kind of stole the idea from guitar, manu- I mean, guitar shops and stuff that they have dealerships um and that enabled us to to do special edition blue note releases you know once a month and uh the, the stores agreed to carry more blue note
2: records mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you know as a as a way of saying thanks, So, you know it expands business in in, in sort of non intuitive ways that's kind of the way we do things and mm-hmm. uh the end result is you know we're we're Standing, I mean uh, vinyl sales are up fifty percent over last year which were you know about thirty percent over the year before and right Indies make up about seventy five percent of all vinyl sales in the country. Yeah. So
2: sure. you
3: know it's us. It's us driving this 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 boat, you know, It's the only one that's like really growing. You, you know, we're actually outperforming streaming and everything
0: else. Mm-hmm. So you get uh Walk-ins to independent record stores and browsers, like the old days,
1: because of Record Store Day.
0: I mean, yes.
3: Yeah, you know, in a typical Record Store Day, um, people start lining up depending on the store, anywhere from an hour to five hours before. Some people camp out the night before. It just depends <laughs> on what they're, what they're, what they're doing. You know, what they're looking for. I mean, you know, there's some bands fans uh, are just completely. Uh, crazy like you know or um, uh, uh, called them out but th- those, those fans will like do anything to get those records you know and, and it's it creates a lot of joy and stuff but of course it can cause a little angst too if they don't get it, what they're looking for
2: mm-hmm. but
3: um, but most people have a, have a good attitude about it they understand it's supposed to be a celebration of records but it's not really did you score the limited edition Jimi Hendrix 45 or something? Uh-huh. If you did, that's cool. But it's, it's not like what it's supposed to be about, even though that is part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, in your observation, have you seen them uh, buy along with maybe the special product for the day? Did they, oh, did yeah. Did they they mean, see them come, <laughs> what, no,
3: go, yeah, you, know, you know,
0: leave what other stuff?
3: Oh, yeah. The majority of stuff that's sold in the day is, is what the store has in stock because, you know, we only put out about – 400 record store day releases and they're in such small numbers stores don't get typically more than, you know, one to 10 pieces depending yes. on what it is. Yes. So, you know, that's, you know, there's a lot of artist performances that happen that day. A lot of the, the better stores will have like fundraisers for like, the, you know, local animal shelter or cancer research and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll put out compilation CDs of local bands and, you know, the local bands will perform and, there's all kinds of other things that happen. Food trucks line up in front of the uh, stores. Mm-hmm. It's something that looks like a festival.
0: Yeah, great. Have I, you? Sorry, I
3: was just
1: going to say, uh, built on that, have you created a handbook or something like that that you even if it's online, that you give to stores as, here are success stories that other, let's say Amoeba in L.A., this is what Amoeba in LA and L.A. on Sunset Boulevard has done really well with for their record store day. So you, uh, Vintage Vinyl in New Jersey, should mm-hmm. maybe try something like this to, mm-hmm. to kind of share the story so every store around the country isn't sort of working in their own vacuum, how they can kind of work and mix and match ideas that other people have done well with.
3: I would like to say that we have, but Record Store Day, believe it or not, is pretty much run by two people. It's me and Carrie, uh, Carrie Colleton, who I think is originally from Oregon. Um, uh, and, you know, it's it's really hard for us just to run the website and do all the social media and get the, all the records made and get them to make sure everything goes the way it's supposed to. So you know kind of like really detailed things where where we are more of a best practices kind of platform. You know we haven't done it. Uh, it's all there though. If somebody, you know, it's funny. I, I can't. I mean, in this day and age, with Google and whatnot, if anybody wants to find out what anybody's doing, they it's they can do it. You know. I mean, maybe one day we'll get around to doing the best practices thing, but uh, but we haven't yet. Now I'm sorry to say.
0: Have any of the larger independents, you know, like Newberry Comics or someone uh, come aboard with sponsorships of any type for record store day?
3: No, that's another thing that falls on my plate. I, I have to go out and, and line up with sponsors, you know, and
2: and uh, you
3: know, we won't there's certain things we won't do, we won't do tobacco, we won't do uh, uh, any of the fast food companies or mm-hmm. soft food companies. I kind of thing but, but everything else we're pretty much open to. Um, but I do it, and basically it's done through word of mouth. Somebody, you know, tells me about somebody. Like this year, uh, we hooked up with uh, Sam uh, Caligioni, who runs Dogfish Head Brewery, and uh, Sam's like one of us. He's a music mutant. He's started out listening to Misfits and you know, Minor Threat and all that kind of stuff, and and he's just a music geek And so it was a natural thing We just kind of bonded And started working together on some cool things And he got Mark Spusta The, the concert promoter I mean a poster artist To, to do our official poster this year And mm-hmm. you know, we had things like that happen that, uh, But it's all To happenstance It's not like uh, we they really have a, a You know a, a set agenda And it just kind of it's it kind of happened through karma. Uh, not good anything else.
0: Right. And you do yeah. sell, uh, I mean, there's still a number of uh, CDs sold, too. It's not just strictly vinyl. Oh,
3: God, yeah. The majority of what we sell is CDs. Yeah, of it's, course. It's, You know, the media perception is that it's all vinyl, and vinyl is the thing that's exploding. But CD sales for indie record stores were actually up last year.
2: Mm-hmm, you know, a lot mm-hmm.
3: of that has to do with us having deeper inventory and, and people discovering us because of Record Store Day, and then becoming regular shoppers and
2: stuff. Right. And then
3: some of it has to do with the other guys that were uh, using record—I mean CDs as coupons in, in their stores, like the big boxes and whatnot. And, um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: They're kind of getting out of the business, so people, who are serious music fans have had to look elsewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting to the um, pricing and so on, and I know there's special pricing, of course, for Record Store Day, but. Uh, on the average, let's say for a well, I was actually walking through Walmart today and I saw I believe Taylor Swift was ten dollars and uh, nineteen eighty nine was ten dollars and Reby McIntyre just came out I think this week was thirteen ninety eight uh let's say anywhere between that ten and thirteen ninety eight what would uh, an independent record store pay for that c d roughly oh
3: uh- Anywhere from 10 to $11. Mm. There's, there's not a lot of margin. No, I know. The, a new product, but that's not, just, that's not unique, just the music business. The game business is like that, movie business is like that. It's, it's all like that, which is one reason why record stores have so much used product, because that's the only thing that they can uh, you know, make enough margin on to stay in business.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. O- it's always said that um, just like any other item, that the money is made in November and December. Uh, just because yeah, of the
3: It's interesting you say that, but, but indie stores were sort of uh, marginalized uh, in the last 10 years. In and, and the holidays, became less and less a part of our you know, yeah. culture, and that's why we launched Black Friday, our Black Friday campaign, where we just basically took the concept of Black Friday and turned it on its head Applied the Record Store Day uh, a strategy of, look, like, let's create special pieces of art, something you really want to get as a gift The You know, like, if you were a real, uh, you know, Beatle fan, and you got one of those EPs that we did this past uh, Black Friday that right. had been out of print for, like, you know, 35 years or something, and it was a limited edition numbered thing. So, you know, a Beatle fan would freak out over it. Now, if you got that, on, you know, as a gift, you'd be, God, where did you get that? How did you do that? Mm -hmm. We wanted to create that experience, and now, you know, we went from Black Friday meaning absolutely nothing, in fact, it was a negative sales weekend for us, it was really terrible, to, now, now it's our second largest uh, sales day, you know, uh, of the year, Mm -hmm. and Christmas is behind that. Right. What about merch? Is it
1: just vinyl and CDs? Um, are you doing special Record Store Day T-shirts, or are you having these artists put out special, say, um, uh, let's say, it's go back to 07 and it's Metallica. Are they putting out mm-hmm. special numbered shirts or posters or things, also accessories that the record stores can sell?
3: Um, some of it, but again, it's all kind of happenstance. Like uh, two years ago, Rush manager Sam said, hey, Rush wants to design the Record Store Day T-shirt this year. We're like, oh, great. So... We went out to all the stores and said, "Well, how many do you want of this?" We showed them the design, and then we gathered all the orders together, and I think it was around five thousand shirts or something like that. And then we collected the money and sent it to Russia's company, and then they made the shirts and sent them to the stores, and the store sold them. But it's all pretty hinky. It's not like we've got it down to a science, like mm. you know, like we're, we're a merch company, but we do things like that. You know, we, we've done like uh, you know bundles where you got to. CD and a T, I mean, i started a seven inch and a T shirt. We did that for Mastodon. Uh, We've done some cool things with, uh, like this year uh, for Foo Fighters, they found the original Foo Fighters T shirt that they made when the band first launched. I guess it was 20 or 25 years ago. It's their anniversary right now. um, And said, hey, do you want to make these for Record Store Day this year? And we said, yeah. And we went out to the stores and showed it to them and they just ordered whatever they want on it. And then we turned that order into the Manager and then they're going to ship it to the store. So, but it's you know it's
1: not big business, but they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about the the structure of this because I know you have something called the Department of Record Stores. Uh, can you explain what that is and how you formed? I guess the Record Store Day organization, if it's a nonprofit or, yep. or or how explain the process of of how you went from idea to actually you and Carrie being the guys who are executing this. Can you go yeah. through that, please?
3: Sure. You know, we, the Department of Record Stores is a, a coalition of independent stores. It's the largest one with stores in the United States and Canada. It's about seventy-two stores in our group, um, and that's who I really work for. They—they're the ones who pay my paycheck, and they do it because it's, it's an odd thing. They're all like really good business people. I mean, in, in that group of stores, you've got computer pro- programmers. You've got uh, concert promoters. You've got club owners. You've got uh, medicinal marijuana, you know, business people. I mean, who also own record store. Real estate people, restaurant people. They all do like a, a lot of other business. So the reason they allow us to do Record Store Day and, and and not be paid by Record Store Day, I mean, we never made a dime off Record Store Day. It's, it's, uh, it's all a pass-through. It's, it's not been done to make a profit or anything. It's this profit is is designed so the stores. If there's any profit to make, the stores are making it. But my group, my coalition of stores is comfortable with us doing it because in doing it, we've created the two largest sales days of the year, which if the stores individually tried to do that, would cost them a fortune. Mm. But collectively, um, it's cost it's dropped their cost of business by about, a, you, know, you know, a thousand percent, you know? Uh, so it, it's a really, uh, again, it's a, it's, it's counterintuitive uh, that you would, you know, that somebody would, would create a coalition and then say, run, you know, this organization record store day, um, which we, we also have partners with the Alliance and independent music stores and with the coalition and independent music stores are a partner. They, we all own the logo together, and that's the only property that we have. And the only, only reason we did that was to protect the integrity of it, not because we wanted to do some big control thing or, you know, anything like that. But we, you know, we knew we had a minimum we'd have to do that. Newberry Products were the ones who told us that because, you know, in the beginning they were one of the partners too. Um, but it just became too too uh, time consuming for them to stay involved. Um, but anyway. So I run to this this department of record stores with Carrie, and then we manage day to day for record store day. And what we do is is create the products all year round and set up the events and everything. And all of the stores that are involved around 1,400 stores, they just get it pretty much for free. It, it's just being done for them, and, and mm. it's it's kind of an odd thing because I imagine if you if you talk to many of them, they would think, oh my God, you know the the ones that tend toward the more darker thoughts. They go, oh, my God, these guys are getting rich or something, but they uh, have no idea that they're actually the only ones making any money off of it. Mm. Mm. Kind of an odd situation. Um, but it's okay. Like, we're all comfortable with it. It's just, uh, it's, 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 I hesitate to say this because somebody could take it the wrong way, because I don't mean this in a political way. I mean it from a structure or a structural way. We'll. Closer to Occupy Wall Street than we are anything, any other model I can think of. Because there's no one in control. There's no one really. There's no nobody owns it or anything. It's just uh, we, the only thing we've been selective about is like you know owning a logo, so so some some big corporation couldn't take it and start using it for something other purpose. But other than that, it's an open source event, and it's up to each door to make the most of it you know once we put all the parts together and say here it is and have a party um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, tremendous. Is, yeah it's
4: very interesting <laughs> is the organization itself um, are you guys a for-profit organization?
3: No no it's, again it's uh, we're, we're LLC in North Carolina and uh, which is our where we launched it from and uh, basically it's a nonprofit meaning that any money that comes in, is spent on Record Store Day itself, which is like the website. We have two PR firms, right. um, you know, social media stuff that we do, staff for that, uh, creating free goods that we make for the stores for them to, to give out, like buttons. Uh, we made these soft drink koozies this year for to draw attention to 10 bands for a good cause, which is basically a fundraiser for the Gilder Radner Club here in New York, which... Uh, raises money for uh, breast cancer research, mm-hmm. you know. So we, you know, we we'll sp- if we have money left over, we spend it on things like that to to sort of further the cause. Also, to try to inspire the record stores to do, you know, good things.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, but you're not a five hundred one c three.
3: No, because it's way too complicated. Okay. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, that's a whole other level, and 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 you know, we're, we're way too simple. Right. for That. Right. Yeah.
0: Now, did you, have you seen an increase in independent record stores in the last few yeah. years? Maybe thanks oh, yeah. to vinyl's through a resurgence.
3: Yeah, you know, I just moved back to New York from LA, and, and I was living in LA for eight years. And uh, the first two years, there were not very many stores, record stores around. Uh, by the time I left, which is you know seven years into record store day, I at that point 15 new record stores that open in LA, mainly wow. vinyl stores. but I think we're averaging now a new store opening one or two new stores opening a week.
0: Wow. That's very good.
3: That
1: yep. uh, that actually leads to, we get a lot of questions from listeners and students here at William Patterson University, and by the way, we're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC, and uh, Maria, I'm sorry, Marla Cassenti, who I continuously uh, ruin her name, has a question via tweet that she would like to ask you.
3: So, Natalia sure. wanted to know, um, do you think that record stores could ever again see the success that they used to have prior to the digital age? No, and not not in the level of being um, uh, in selling singles. Which you know, if you read about the history of the music business, it's always been a singles business, and that business has evolved. Or at least in modern times, it evolved now to the point where that all of that is for free. So record stores can never get back into being a place for singles. Record stores can be very successful, and they will be in ours as successful as they've ever been now. But that is not the same as doing the kind of volume that they did, like in the you know like the 80s and 90s and stuff. So no, I don't think we'll ever go back to that
4: but also the culture changed. You know, people don't go to record stores to hang out. You know, they don't spend a few hours there just looking through, uh, through the music. Now, uh, you know, coffee shops play that role now. Um, just the culture, I think, has also changed, right?
3: Uh, yes and no. I mean, uh, it's funny that you say it, you, you put it that way. In 2007, the guy that was the chairman of the department of record stores, his name's Dianne the soundguard the Soundgarden record store in Baltimore, And he was the chairman of the group at the time, and he said to me, "Uh, Michael, uh, basically, things are really bad. Um, The average age of an employee, and my store has gone from 23 to 50, Uh, we have more guys with ponytails and bald spots coming in than we do anybody else. There are no girls working here anymore. And... Uh nobody cares about promos that come in because they can get the music in advance on iTunes beforehand where, you know, basically said we're irrelevant. You need to do something about it. Change. Your job is to fix that, figure it out. And that's what led to record. But what, what I'm doing with this is that I'm talking to Brian now. This is, you know, now eight years later, um, Brian's average age in his record store is about 22 again. Half wow. of the staff are, are women. Um, mo- easily 50% of the new customers are coming in are women, and they're typically younger. Most of the people that buy vinyl are under the age of 20, and they mm. come to record stores once again, believe it or not, to hang out. And, wow. Yeah, and Brian just knocked on the wall on his store and put in another... I think uh, a couple thousand square foot uh, for nothing but a vinyl uh, and, and turntables. and he also uh, acquired a new parking lot and bought a 1960 Chevy flatbed truck that's uh, equipped with sound equipment and stuff so bands can come in. they just did mm-hmm. yeah. performances with
0: like the all time
3: low and, and, and uh, so
0: yeah.
3: put in pilots. There's there's all these teen bands now that are going to record stores to to connect with their kids because that's where they're going. Again,
4: that's great. That's incredible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, A number of people have been tweeting in wanting to know, because we get a lot of DIY musicians who are listening, and they're interested in finding out how they can get their music involved in Record Store Day. Do you get a lot of that, of independent musicians who want to become involved, and what do you suggest to them in order to become involved and somehow uh, get involved with this?
3: Uh, You know, really, the only way to do it is probably the performance uh, part of it, you know, to go and uh, connect with the store, uh, hopefully, they're carrying their music. Cause a lot of them do it through CD Baby now, which is fine because stores can buy that from uh, Alliance, which is the big one stop. But um, to to come to Records for Day and perform is your best way because, you know, I uh, was looking, I like, was at Rough Trade in Brooklyn, and, you know, the two big acts that are there were uh, Kim Gordon, I mean, because they're going to be a, a celebrating Records for Day, or Kim Gordon and Sonic with, with Sonic Youth and the Buzzcocks. But then there was like eight or ten bands, and you know I've never heard of before. But I'll be going out there and I'll be experiencing them and discovering new new bands. So, um, like thousands of other people. So that's probably the best bet.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and and we've we've talked a lot about you know so uh, rock and and you mentioned just now. Um, uh, the Buzzcocks and Sonic Youth. You know, we've talked to NREM and Metallica, but Record Store Day isn't just for, uh, for lack of a pol- more politically correct way to say this, uh, for like white rock and rollers. It's also uh, has a place for hip-hop and jazz and other forms of music, correct? It does, you
3: know, but it, it, the, the, What happened with hip-hop culture in Record Stores is it was pretty much blown out of the water, decimated... Because, uh, except for, like, pockets. Like, San Francisco, there's still a really great street scene, and Rasputin probably sells as much, you know, hip-hop and, and, and rap and whatnot as... as you know, well, they sell more than they do rock. Um, and when, like, Kendrick Lamar or something put a new album out, he always does in new store in and, and Rasputin. The culture's very much there, but the, the, the problem is most of the managers are sipping the Jay-Z tea or whatever. It's all macro. It's all about the top. It's all about iTunes and and trying to get a big sponsor. And I don't begrudge them at all for doing it, but it decimated all the hip-hop and rap stores. They were just completely just blown out of the water. It's really hard to find one uh, anymore. Uh, here in New York, I, there might be a couple but left, but very few. Um and they were decimated by when the big boxes were selling all the rap and hip hop stuff at below cost, and they couldn't compete. And so a lot of them went away. Uh, I've, I've, you know, done things with Chuck D. Chuck D. Our, um, was our ambassador last year, and he always does a record, uh, for records today day with you know Public Enemy, and there's going to be one this year. Um, you know, so I've tried to to, to find partners where I can. Uh, and... And uh, I think uh, MC Light is releasing her new album on vinyl on Records for Day this year, uh, and she'll be doing an event with a, a with a hip I mean urban record store in Chicago called The Music Experiences. Basically, its model is it is it sells a small quantity of of, of music in a small store, but it does what they call the music experience, which is also the name of the store but these are typically live events that they do in churches and civic centers and things where artists come and perform, and then they do Q&As with the audience to, to an educational part of, of things. It's very much a community-based record store. So those things happen, but they're very small pockets. It's, it's, you know, the, the hip-hop scene was completely moved to basically uh, digital.
1: Interesting. That's a very interesting point about that genre. Uh, We need to take two seconds, just a two-second commercial, um, because we actually had a former student here named Rob Fusari who wrote a number of hits for Lady Gaga and Beyoncé and Destiny's Child, and he has an alter ego who is named Carrie Noki. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Uh, Sort of uh, David Bowie meets Mark Bolin meets (laughs) uh, I don't know. this name. I
4: think that's perfect. Just, yeah, just there, there we go. Okay, yeah. there we go.
1: No more. I like no it. ellipses. But he has a uh, pair of tickets for a show happening at this time next week on April 22nd at the Metropolitan Room in New York City. And we have a pair of these tickets to give away. So if you are listening and you would like to tweet us... The first tweet. The first tweet that we get. Tweet us at MusicBiz101WP. The first tweet that we get will win this pair of tickets to see Rob Fusari, Aka, Karinoki, April 22nd, next Wednesday at the Metropolitan Room in New York City.
0: So go ahead, give us that tweet. Mm-hmm. And Dave and I have seen the show.
1: And it's and very Rob's entertaining. An,
0: and, and he's an excellent musician, too. Yeah. And he
1: was on this show, and he was a, a right. great
0: interview. And um, he'll be doing some of his covers as well as original material this right
1: so now back to Michael Kurtz of record store day on music biz 101 and more
4: Mike I have a quick question so you guys have uh about 325,000 likes on Facebook yeah how did you do that
3: um it was a slow build and then it just exploded it for like the first couple years it was pretty slow like 10,000 then that became 30,000 or whatever but then once we passed 100,000 um, it just exploded. And I think a lot of it has to do with the support of the artist, you know, because they typically use all their social media to message out when they do a special record or sort a of piece, and it's everything from Instagram to Facebook to uh,
2: right.
3: Twitter and whatnot. So all of that is just built and built and built. And, and and I think we're we're growing about a thousand to two thousand a day now,
4: Wow, wow. so it's sort it's like a a self-sufficient thing now, right? You don't have to actually seek out the likes.
3: Oh, yeah. No, we never wow. did any of that. We never did any of that. It's, it, we just don't even have the, the skills or the staff to do it, you know. It's all been organic.
4: And you guys manage the social media as well? You don't have anybody managing it? No,
3: Carrie does that pretty much. She's, she's pretty skilled at it and understands it.
4: Wow. Great.
1: Marla, our student co-host, mm-hmm. would like to ask a question via tweet for you.
3: Okay. So, Mark Persing wants to know, what ways do you think the industry can keep music retail fresh and new for the future, and will it, will it get even harder to sell CDs? Uh, hmm. I think uh, it's a pretty complicated answer that, you know, to, to that question because um, the music business itself, you listen to, to what they're saying, the leaders of the music business, um, you know, uh, Jimmy Iovine with Interscope or, or, and Beats and or uh, Doug Morris with Sony or the, the guys at the very top of the food chain. What they're saying is basically we want to turn music into two, well, two things. One is if it's a hit product, they want to sell it to the highest bidder. Like uh, an uh, iTunes or Apple or uh, or Samsung or something like that, you see them doing these kinds of things, and they think that is the best way to do things. And if it's not that, then it's then it's the streaming model, where you know it's it's uh, you know millions of tracks, and, and you and you're discovering music you that way or consuming it that way, and um, that's their vision. Uh, and I don't think that'll change. Um, our vision is different, or the people that I, I work in, with, um, in that we're into it because we're passionate about music itself, whether the music in the past or, or current or things that are coming, and that's a whole different thing. And, and then when you mix it in with, you know, our place in the local community, it's very complicated because... I. I I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but we're in the middle of this battle right now where the major corporations want to move the street date of music to Friday from Tuesday. And, you know, they've got geniuses that figured out that this is the best way to do it because they they are looking at ma- met- metrics on social media.
0: Right, you know, it's settled. It's the that's... problem
3: with that is that our life and our livelihood depends on us being successful. We're also very good at social media and following trends, and we also know you know, when people are uh, digesting information on music and when they're buying. And it turns out that most of that's done while they're at work, Monday through Friday. Um, and unfortunately for the employers, but that's reality. Um, there are a lot of drug texts that are done on Friday night. Uh, <laughs> um, later at night, uh, there's a lot of uh, Twitter activity then, a lot of Instagrams and stuff. But that's not people consuming music. That's them having fun and stuff. So it's a different thing. So we've tried to explain to them that they're making a mistake to do this, but they're, they're doing it anyway and it's because they, you know, they probably have some other bigger plan that, that relates to selling music to the highest bidder or something, you know, for the established uh, artists. So our vision and their vision is, is colliding, and, and uh, what's going to happen is that we're going to do more campaigns, marketing around Tuesdays as it's currently done, You know, we're going to be launching a Vinyl Tuesday campaign with special records that come out on on Tuesdays and working with artists who, you know, like we did with uh, Spoon last year to launch their record, uh, doing an uh, EP in advance on vinyl and a big online media campaign, um, which led to the biggest selling record they've ever had, highest-charted record they've ever had. Those kind of bands are going to move more in our direction, I think, because they're, they're going to get the love and support that they need to, to get the numbers up and to sell as much as they need to to get a good tour to get placement on Saturday Night Live or whatever it is that their manager is trying to do we'll be drawn closer to those kind of artists um, uh, so there's a schism getting ready to happen um, and that was a I apologize for, for being so complex in that answer but that, that, that is our reality mm-hmm mm-hmm that makes sense to you. Yeah. And Vanessa asked, what's the difference between record stores and a Walmart or a Target? Yeah,
1: talk about the difference between big box and independent retail and from yeah. from your perspective and how that, uh, how sure. listeners should, should kind of grasp that.
3: Well, first I should say that almost everybody I know shops at Target or Walmart or something, so it's not like, it's not that, you know, we're down on them or anything, but it's, their model when it comes to music, they're, they're, they're stocked by what they call a rack jobber. And that means that an outside company is essentially stocking the store. And I'm just speaking generalities about mass merchants. That's typically the way um, they're done. So there's not a human being that's going, oh my God, 21 Pilots is really exploding. We're getting a lot of people coming in and asking for it or anything. That kind of stuff isn't going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But a Taylor Swift will come out or a bigger artist. You know, and uh, they'll give good, good positioning to it and they'll move a lot of units. Uh, like the frozen soundtrack, I think, got something like 60 or 70% of that record, which was the biggest seller last year, I think, was Flu Target. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, mom and dad go there to buy their diapers and their clothes and perhaps supplies and whatnot. So they walk by the counter and there's, there's you know, frozen soundtracks so they are picking up. It you know, was natural things that happened. And they actually are a very important part of the music business ecosystem because um, they do uh, make it possible for enough physical products to be bought and sold to make that business viable. Independent record stores, you know, we, we make up um, across the board about 10% of the sales for the, for the United States, um, and that's including all the hits to unknown artists. Um, but when it comes to developing artists, the ones that you've never heard of or you're just finding out about, um, we can make, we sell anywhere from 20 to 50% of their sales um, when it comes to physical sales. So it's a much bigger percentage because we are involved. We're part of the culture. We're going to see their shows. We're, you know, we're uh, posting notes about the band's tour on our Facebook, you know, record Tour Facebook page and whatnot. We're part of the culture. It's a completely different thing, and our inventory is much deeper. We carry a lot more skews of a particular artist than say a Walmart or, or, or Target.
0: But you, but you guys must be very um, upset when they have these exclusive deals with Target. <laughs> it's a lot more upset.
3: Now we're kind of stoic about it because um, we, we just made us do things like record store day, where it's like, okay, well, if we can't get a level playing field then let's create it. Let's go. Let's move the field somewhere else and, mm-hmm. and play by our rules.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we
3: can't win in that in that world, I are mean, never going to do anything to help. We can't even get them. It took us forever to get them to release her records on vinyl, even though in, in the press she talks about how she's a big vinyl junkie and stuff, and right. I'm sure yeah. she is. But her manager had no interest, you know, yeah. for the longest time. And you know, I think it's finally out now. But um, you know, it's just uh, the blockbuster thing and I think it's going to get nothing but worse with the global Friday street date because there's going to be Jimmy being guys like that saying oh, okay I've got a new uh, Drake album or a, you know uh, whoever's you know, the biggest or uh, they have U2 or whatever and say you know they're going to look for bidders they're going to basically auction mm-hmm. it off mm-hmm. to whoever gives them the most money and then that's that is that is the model that they're looking for. So record stores are going to have, you know, we'll be carrying it, but we're not going to be a part of that. Really, it's just not what we do.
1: Okay. You brought up the word international, and in our, in our next tweet deals with that.
3: So Joel oh, cool. said, when you helped found Record Store Day, did you ever think it would be an international event, and how did this come about? Uh, great question. It came about because... Um, on the second year I had gone down to South by Southwest, this was, I guess, 2009, um, the last time I went to South by Southwest. And I ran into Billy Bra- Bragg in the airport. I recognized him, you know, because I'm a fan. And um, I went up, got up the guts to walk up to him, and I said, Hey, Billy, my name's Michael Kurtz, and I'm doing the thing. Rec- a record will record sort today, of and he just said, Oh, yeah, I'd read about that. You know, that's really cool. And I said, Well, would you help us to get it off the ground in, in the U.K.? maybe do an in-store at a store there, you know, to get the idea started, to get something happening. And he said, yeah, you know, in in his great English accent, Mm -hmm. which I won't try to to approximate because I can't, um, but it was very English. And uh, sure enough, you know, he announced when he got back to the U.K. that he was celebrating records Day, and he did an event at a store. It might have been Rough Trade, I'm, I'm not really sure, one of the stores in London. And then that set off uh, uh, sort of a, a mental explosion with the organizers. And, and Chris Brown, the guy who kind of pitched the idea originally, uh, works at a store called Bull Moose up in Maine. And uh, he said, well, I went to him and said, hey, you know, you, you were the guy that, that pitched the idea originally. We would like to say thank you. Can we send you over to London, pay for your flight over there, And but would you evangelize for us and try to go and get other people involved. And that's what he did. That got it started, kind of lit a fire, and it grew bigger and bigger. And then the third year, I flew over to London, and all these different people that were in Europe had been emailing me saying, hey, I'm in the Netherlands. I want to do a record store day here. Can I meet with you? There was another guy in Paris who was doing it for France, and there was a guy in Spain, a bunch of them. So I said, okay, I'm going to be in London let's all meet there. We all got together at a coffee shop and they, I think, thought it was going to be some kind of business thing, uh, you know, there'd be some kind of agreement and we would ask for money and stuff and I explained to them, no, it's, it's an open source event. If you, as long as you, you know, stick to the spirit of it, you know what, we can all work together and make this bigger and they were all kind of stunned and then, because it really was a very hippie kind of thing to do but the right thing to do and then, I had set up all these meetings for all the major labels and bunch of the Indies and went in and explained to them, these are the guys that are going to run Record Store Day in the different countries, and they all looked at me like, just like that? That's what we're mm-hmm. doing? And I'm like, yeah, that's what we're doing. They all went home, got organized, and started in all these countries. Um, and then it just exploded from there where, like in Paris this year, like the subways are decorated with with uh, they call it disco day there. Uh, Discard Day posters There's music festivals at night Um, The the mayor comes out And celebrates And tours all the indie stores It's a big deal there And and they're taking it out to all the other cities And they're doing it there as well It's the biggest event in France now And that's happened in a lot of different countries In which I should mention Just because I, 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 I try not to let a day go by Without saying I'm a knight I was actually knighted in France uh, Four records for
1: wow. day. Wow! Um, wow. Yeah. Sir Michael Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Although
3: it, they don't do the thing there because you know, when they they murdered the royalty there, and uh, they they kept the the knighting idea, but they went in a different direction. In the English and in, in, in France, you can be a knight, you can be a you can be a woman and be a knight. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in the UK, they're still stuck in the
2: mm-hmm.
3: 1500s or whatever it is, and they don't allow women to be knights. So I'm actually very proud of that. And Patty Smith and I are both knights in in, in, in France. Um, but uh, no, it's just like they 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 really got the idea of empowering the neighborhood. That's why the French got so into this idea because it's almost like a French sort of thing. Um, and it just exploded from there. And now the trick is is just to keep it as, as pure and as, as close to our original vision as possible mm-hmm. and it's difficult because like in australia uh, a uh, an industry lobby group got a hold of it and and basically you know, refused to like stick by the rules and, and they got corporate chains involved and everything and we asked them not to do that and they did it anyway and we said well we can't work with you and now they have records to australia records where they, they call it something different but um... I just explained to them if we can't stay true to what we're doing, it's going to die anyway. So let's just part ways because you know we can't do what you're doing. So anyway, for the most for the most part, it's been really good, and it's and it's been stunning to see it grow the way it is. But a part of it is because it is an open source event, and it's up to the individual countries to do what they want to do with it.
1: A moment ago, you said part ways, and unfortunately, <laughs> we actually have to part ways at this time.
3: All right. So,
1: so, we want to thank you, and this has been great. And maybe next year we can have you on again. We can kind of get another, go a little bit deeper, because there's still a lot more questions we could have asked. But we sure. really appreciate Michael Kurtz being on Music Biz 101 and more. Michael Kurtz.
3: Hey, thank
1: you. Talking Record Store Day happening this Saturday, April 18th at a record store near you. Uh, Thank you again, Michael. We will be back in about two minutes uh, to wrap up the show. Until then, you have been listening to Music Biz 101 and more, and we will be
0: right back.
4: How can I make money in the music business? Why copyright?
0: Should I make a CD anymore? Trying to break into the music and entertainment biz? Wondering how the business works? Wondering how guys like Elton John and M.C. Hammer go bankrupt? Why am I not making any cash? Tune in to WP Brave New Radio every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Hang with the university's music business faculty hosts, me, Steve Marconi, and me, Dave Phil. Plus, we'll have industry guests
1: and students from the Music Management Program. How do I get gigs down at the shore? Call in with your questions and hear the latest in industry happenings. How do I get my music on iTunes? How do I get on a tour? This Music is 101 and more every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Only on WP Brave New Radio. Your secretary's got our checks, right? Mine's direct deposit, I think.
3: <laughs> if you want to learn about the music industry and you
1: don't know where to go, turn into WP 88.7. Wednesday at 8 p.m. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. All right, we're coming right back again. This is the Ally Mac Project. The world is ours. We should have mentioned who that was singing at the very beginning of the show. Allie won a contest that we put on at the beginning of the fall semester 2014 is when it was. We had a contest where she could win, somebody could win a theme song for Music Biz 101 more, and she won. And speaking of contests, Dr. Marconi, we had a contest about a month ago, and we had two winners who were going to perform on TV this week.
0: That's right, this Friday for Braveathon.
1: Braveathon, Friday, April 17th. It's going to be on TV. Phil, do you know what? How people can see this on TV, Braveathon?
4: It's on uh, Channel 6, WPTV 6, but it's only in the Wayne area. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure if they have any uh, web streams. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But I know that you can listen to it um, on the web stream, obviously, at uh, uh, gobrave.org. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it'll be streamed live. And, and our two winners are actually kicking off Braveathon. Great. At 9 o'clock, it's Tiger Man. Mm-hmm. And then at 10 o'clock, it is Melanie Marie. They're a kind of interesting, almost art rock band in the Peter Gabriel mode from, say, 1978 mm-hmm. to uh, Melanie Marie, who's the folk singer. Who are we going to have? And... um we're going to then uh, get each of them, interview both of them, and that's going to become an exclusive podcast mm-hmm. that we'll have for Music Biz 101 and more. And speaking of that, next week we have a interesting guest, Dr. Stephen Marconi.
0: No, not me. I- I'll be co-hosting. Okay,
1: I'm sorry. Our guest <laughs> next week is Josh Bernstein, who is uh, the development director for the Alternative Music Press, and we're going to be talking about the Alternative Music Press Awards that take place in Cleveland in July. I believe they're selling tickets for that now, but he put together this huge... Huge event. He also sells sponsorships for this giant event. And we're going to do a lot of talking about, again, just like Record Store Day, talking about putting together events, selling sponsorships, making something out of nothing.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's kind of what we've done with this radio show. We've turned something out of nothing. That's
4: true. Well, when you have a great producer, you know.
1: A lot of it has to do. I know we are counting (laughs) down the number of shows left with Philip Grochowski. So it's only a
4: few. I know it's a handful. So why don't we give Philip a premature
1: hand right now? Thank you.
2: Thank
4: Uh, you.
1: We should also thank Marla Casenti. You I said it write. It there, I got it right that time. Who has How been our you. student? Count? Marla, by the way, do we have 30 seconds, 15 seconds? Uh, 30 seconds. Great. Marla, we never asked you. So what is your major here at William Patterson, the university?
3: Music management.
1: And what is your chief instrument? Voice. What are you going to sing for us right now? Nothing. Very good. So Marla Cassenti, who is uh, ender, ending your freshman year at William Patterson University, and you have enjoyed it. I have. You lived on campus. Yes. And you've enjoyed that. Yes. And you've been on the radio with us tonight. I have. And you've enjoyed this. I have. You see that? Wow. wow. You see <laughs> that kind of? That is how you here. do an interview. <laughs> it's a
0: very happy, very efficient. So much. Yeah, I
1: know. So we are now going to fade our voices out and fade up the music of Allie Project. The world is ours. We want to once again thank Michael Kurtz from Record Store Day coming up Saturday, April eighteenth. Oh, no. We want to thank Philip Gross. <laughs>
3: Top scale, the greatest
1: producer ever made. We want to thank Marla Cassenti for being our student co host. Marla Cassenti, Of course, we always want to thank Dr. Stephen Marconi, who's a doctor. He's a doctor. Help <laughs> me out. He's a doctor.
0: You, thank you. And we will see you Friday morning. Friday morning, brave uh, Thon. And brave then hard.
1: we will see you next Wednesday on Music Biz 101 right. More. Check it out. And always, we want to say to you, adios!